Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're joined by Jeb Gent to talk about Ascension Ag and his founding story of how it all got started. Thanks for joining us today, Jeb. Matthew, thanks for having me. Really appreciate the invite. So you and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other a lot better through the Iowa Pork Leadership Academy, and that's been a really great experience. And in all the car rides, I've been able to learn a little bit more about your journey, and you bootstrapped your business. We went out and found investors to fund the business. The two journeys are extremely different. And so I'm excited to have you join us to talk about what is it like to be an entrepreneur in the pork industry. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you even come into contact with agriculture? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question, Matthew. And uh, um, it's certainly been a fun journey. I've been about three years here, but just a quick background on me. So I um, kind of just grew up uh, just north of Ames, Iowa. Uh, all my family, extended family, is from down a little closer to your neck of the woods in southeast Iowa, uh, Washington County. But um, I went to Iowa State University, uh, graduated with an ag education degree in 2013, uh, went and spent some time working uh, at TechMix Animal Health Nutrition. It was kind of my first introduction really into the swine world, uh, besides all my family raising hogs down in Southeast Iowa, that was kind of my first um, uh, introduction to the industry on my own, so to speak. Uh, so worked for them for about three years and then went to work for Hanson Ag Solutions, which was more on the equipment and filtration side of the business. So really had a good experience uh, looking at a lot of pig health and nutrition side of things for a while and then more the facility side of things for a while. Um and, and yeah, had a good background on swine there through those experiences before starting my own business. Um, so just a quick personal background, uh, married to my wife here a little over 10 years now. Uh, we met at Iowa State University. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, her and I, well, we, we live in Ames, Iowa, and uh, have three young kids with the oldest being in preschool. So uh, it's been a fun start to the fall. And uh and yeah, so that's just a quick background on me and a little little background on my education and where I've worked in the past. So, so before we talk about everything that happened leading up to starting the business and the problem, the solution, and, and what you're doing today, could you talk about what is Ascension Ag? Yeah. So Ascension Ag, really the goal of our business is um, to improve biosecurity on livestock facilities. And so recognizing that there are a lot of good and large companies out there doing a lot to, to solve problems there. Um, but 
in my experiences on farm and really coming into the industry in 2013 as PED kind of swept through, uh, recognized the importance of biosecurity and that there are still so many challenges that are maybe even a little bit niche, you'd call, or, or niche, or however you say that. But um, so really our focus is to work with the end producer, um, understand what their biosecurity challenges are and really try to solve them. So, um, you know, today we've got liquid and dry uh, mixing and blending facilities that we can make products in. Um, so definitely product oriented in that realm, but, but really working with producers to solve some of those niche biosecurity challenges. Yeah, a while back, I had the opportunity to go and see that stuff. That was pretty cool. You guys have a pretty good, pretty pretty awesome shop you guys got. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we've had some fun uh, from fun growth and expansion here recently and and uh, certainly try to get a quality product quickly to customers. So. so let's hop on the journey. When did you know that you wanted to start a business someday? And did you know that it was going to be in the swine industry? Uh, I definitely didn't know it was going to be in the swine industry, uh, but really I've I've been interested in starting my own business since I was very young. Uh, you know, middle school, high school, for sure. Um, probably the early end of that. Um, you know, Matthew, I had a lot of great mentors in my life of, of uh, entrepreneurs and uh, also just a lot of good encouragement in that realm. And so, and also a lot of my family uh, has their own businesses, whether they're farmers or, or business owners just in that kind of Southeast Iowa community. So I just had a lot of good examples. So that was, uh, I've known for a long time. So did you have any tendencies or do anything when you were young uh, around uh, like like the equivalent of a lemonade stand or, or something where you were just kind of working it? You know, I've always been a big or an avid saver and budgeter. So I've always been into gotcha. spreadsheets and that kind of thing. But uh, certainly had some kind of entrepreneurial um, itches and, and tried to grow some things between uh, feeding some cattle and, and some various SAE projects with FFA. Um, but, you know, besides that, I mean, looking at real estate and, you know, all yeah, sorts yeah, of things yeah. like that, but really uh, waited to wring out the sponge until starting this business on, on a big scale, Matthew. So how did you get started and what was that process like? Yeah. So um, really when I parted ways with, with, uh, Hanson Ag Solutions, um, whatever it was, a little over three and a half years ago. Um, it, it was the plan all along, really. And when I had sat down with Michael Hansen on a Sunday for an interview three years before that, I had told him, I said, you know, I'm interested and excited to work for you, uh, but I'm just telling you right now, this is my last job. When I leave here, I'm starting my own business. And so it was sweet. I mean, it was really the, uh, the, the green flag was waved and I was ready to start my own business. And so, um, uh, the story, you know, three years and some months ago, I started working in my basement and about a week or two in with a list of, uh, biosecurity product ideas on my desk and, and trying to understand how to pursue product development. I went, Holy crap. This is, this is going to be tough. Uh, <laughs> I got I got a pre- I got a pregnant wife a floor above me with a two year old daughter running around. Um, I've got to develop a product. I've got to make a prototype. I've got to then go sell it, and then I got to come back and make the product, deliver it, while still doing accounting and marketing and everything else. And I was going, wow, 
am I over my skis or what? And so at that time, I, uh, a good friend of mine, William Underwood, uh, him and I had dreamed about doing a business together most of our lives. And I called him up and, and he's actually, um, at the time had his own consulting business on the uh, precision agriculture side of things down in Kansas city. So he was living down there and I called him up and pitched my business idea to him. And, and, uh, I guess I'm an all right salesman because, uh, couple of days later, he was up here. And, and uh, then and two weeks later, he, he moved up and we started the business full time. But uh, um, that's really where we started it. And so him and I worked in the Ames Public Library for a few days, dreaming up a business. Then we moved to the basement of the barn and, and uh, started developing our product. And really, um, that first product, Chlorazor, we spent about five to six months on it uh, before we were him and I working full time on it before we officially launched it to the market. So what was the first big challenge that you had to, oh, the first big challenge or roadblock and the first big win? Hmm. You know, I think there were, there were a lot of challenges, uh, but the one that just jumps out the most was probably right when we started to launch the product. So, you know, we had, we spent our time developing this, getting research done um, prototypes, getting out in the field and, and uh, getting feedback from customers. During that six months, uh, we did pick up a few customers, which is really helpful from a cash flow standpoint, uh, some of those early adopters. Uh, but then when we went to officially launch the product, um, it was a week in March of 2020. Uh, and I had a meeting in Indiana and one in Iowa and Minnesota and uh, planned and I got back from Indiana and all of a sudden COVID became a really big deal for people and everything shut down. And so, you know, six months without a salary, two guys working hard, I'm ready to launch the product officially and uh, the world shuts down. And so yeah. I would say that was the biggest uh, uh-oh, uh experience <laughs> that we had in the process uh, that we hadn't planned for. So that was, you know, maybe three, four months of, of, uh, not being able to get out there and, and let people know about the value we could provide with the product. So yeah, that was the, the hurdle. And, and uh, I suppose being financially prepared ahead of time, help us get through that. It was kind of the solve to that hurdle yeah. uh, to further answer that question. But um, yeah, that, that was a fun one. What was the first aha? We got it. You know, we had a, we had on sticky notes and then eventually a whiteboard, a list of, 10 to 20 different product ideas. And I say that there were definitely 20 on there, but 10 were probably only slightly viable, right? Uh, and kind of when, when the product idea had the demand and need in the industry that we recognize, it was, was kind of like the, the aha, like, yes, this is definitely our first product. We know this has value. And now we're, we're going full, full gas. At it, so it was really just that click of here was the idea. Yes, there's definitely a need. We're going for it. So when you identified that, you said you went through some research. Can you talk through some of the research that you had to go through to validate mm-hmm. that solution? Well, just to give a, a ten second background on the product. So really, yeah, the idea came from um, you know I was writing around the veterinarian, and in their system, I. Um, kind of opened my eyes, but they were breaking with PED late finishing from dirty market trailers coming back from the packing plants. And I really just didn't recognize how big of a challenge that was 
Um, it's, it's just the, the sheer volume of cases that caused, yeah. but then also just, you know, the, the spread of that throughout the farms and, and, you know, anyway, big, big scale, lots of virus around. And so if I could prevent that virus from that market trailer getting back onto the farm, I think I could solve and really reduce a lot of that viral spread. And so that's where we created the Chlorazor product to do that. And so really we needed to um, prove can this product um, and the presence of organic matter, you know, reduce either pathogen spread yeah. in and out of the farm, but also be able to knock down some of those viruses and bacteria. And so um, we really just had to validate, you know, we did some testing with a, a great group, um, did some testing on PED, uh, just with pigs as a bioassay. We were able to do that fairly close to home here around Ames. Uh, we worked with Iowa State University to just do, do some bacteria testing in their diagnostic lab uh, just to see if our product could help prevent bacteria from growing and had success there. And then eventually uh, found a really good lab uh, over in Vietnam that we actually did some African swine fever testing, just lab testing over there. So those are some go? examples. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd be contacting Vietnam to do research uh, when I started the business three years ago, <laughs> but uh, uh, fun, yeah, fun communications with them. And it's also really good when the, when the research turns out well. So, um, so you talked about success in all this research. What does success mean? Yeah. So just being able to, in the, in the confines, the trials that we conducted that we were able to um, either eliminate the bacteria or pathogens or significantly reduce them. And in all cases, we were able to, um, to do that. So that's awesome. And yeah. so this is a, this is a, a powder product now, right? And you talked about liquid as well. And so did it start as a powder? Yeah. Yep. Um, sorry. The, our, in our manufacturing, uh, facility, we have capabilities to make both powdered and liquid products. Um, and so, but our Chlorazor product is strictly a powder product. Um, that will always be a powder product and, and, um, a lot of, I guess, advantages for us going the powder route for that product and where we use it. Um, the liquid side of things, we've got a, um, a liquid product we make, uh, we make for a customer today and, and maybe some future product ideas will go through that uh, manufacturing so, process as well. So geographically, where is this product today? Just two in years the, later, in the United right? in the United States, or like on on like the farm specifically. Is, well, yeah. Is this uh, is this in a lot of states in the U.S.? Is this in other countries? Uh, how how have you guys done since you guys started in yeah. uh, the beginning of COVID? Yeah, no, great question, and and um, yeah, I guess we've been really thankful for kind of the exposure we have been able to get, and uh, there might be one or two added, but I think I think as of a few months ago, we had, we ship have shipped to seventeen different states. So if you really think about where all the most of the pork's being raised, there's there's been some chlorosorb to most of those states and um, probably one or two kind of far reaching ones. You probably wouldn't think there's many pigs in, I suppose, but uh, uh, nothing international at this point. Um, certainly our business will grow that direction, but uh, but yeah, that's where that's at. And this is pretty awesome because biosecurity is on the forefront of everybody's minds with U.S. ship and everything else going on. Just finding another way to reduce the prevalence of a virus or completely eliminated altogether. This is something that the industry is needing uh, very badly. 
when you think about everything that was necessary to get to where you are today, where you are successfully helping reduce the risk of African swine fever, helping reduce the risk of PED and everything else for producers, what were the resources you were able to lean on to support you and your co-founder as you grew the business? Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say any of the successes could really point back to me, right? I mean, I, I think we rely as people so much on the environment and, and help of others around us. And so I give a lot of credit to uh, my business partner and then also the people who have helped us really step through the hoops of building a business, right? And so um, I would say the mentors and role models we've had even in our lives growing up um, to get to this point are, are probably some of the uh, biggest assets we've had in starting a business just because um, whether it's growing up or in the other businesses I've been in, you, you learn so much by those previous experiences to say, you know, I, just simple things from, you know, marketing and how you talk to people and how you travel and, and accounting pieces and, and just how to treat a customer right and just some very simple, basic things that if I were to um, have walked out of high school or out of college trying to start a business, I would have uh, had a lot a lot more issues with. So I would say yeah. um, success really comes from the relationships and people around us. And so, you know, that's a, there's, I mean, I could speak very highly to so many people in the swine industry. And I know that you've experienced that too, Matthew, with this podcast and starting your own business, like, there's just so many good people. And mm-hmm. so I just, I can't say enough. Thanks of just the people who've helped us out with, whether it's advice or um, resources or, you know, the list goes on, but I'd say the people around us for sure. Another thing like that has been very helpful to me is just having a business partner um, yeah. to do it all on my own. I, it, it'd be insane. Uh, wouldn't have much time for anything else, which is, which is part of it. But, uh, having a business partner to be able to kind of divide and conquer, but then also um, run ideas by has been really crucial as well. But Matthew, I want to ask, so out of school, you know, I worked for other people for six years and uh, was able to save some money to be able to do what we did, but then also meet a lot of people and walk into the industry with a lot of contacts and resources and that kind of thing. And so, uh, you guys went a different route coming right out of school and hitting this thing hard and uh, have done just an awesome job. And so I'd love to hear how, how that experience has been for you and how you've been able to um, be successful and build those relationships without a lot of those previously. Yeah, it was, it was different. It was difficult. I'd say growing up in the swine industry and having worked with pigs across all stages of production helped bring credibility to the conversation. It was sure. it was obvious that we had worked with pigs and that was kind of step one. And then um had management experience and uh really learned from from a veterinarian named Peter Schneider, which was really helpful. Spent a lot of weekends with him and that helped me question things and dig a lot deeper around the skill sets necessary to run a good farm that I probably wouldn't have been driven to do as a, as a job that was secondary to school. And so him pushing me to be my very best self so that I could provide the very best care at any given time created 
boundaries that I felt like I couldn't overcome. It created frustration. Mm -hmm. I'm very competitive. And that is what helped me identify areas of opportunity. So I really appreciate the push that I had been given as well as the freedom to fail. Because without those, I don't think I ever would have gotten to a place at that age where I was identifying certain challenges and, and really experiencing them. With contacts, we had, I had prior contacts with producers I had previously worked for, but individuals like Dr. Tom Stein, founded Pig Champ and Metafarms, really helped us quite a bit. Kansas State was very helpful. But I think for everyone listening, if you're starting something like this, or even if you're in a role, it's being present whenever possible and being authentic around what you're doing. I, I, was, I was just going to ask you that. I mean, how big of a role do you think authenticity plays in someone being able to successfully start a business in the swine industry? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 100%. I mean, all of it. It's essential, yeah. right? You can't, it's too easy to smell out somebody who isn't authentic. At least when I talk to producers, like, oh yeah, we know, we know who's in it and, and who is just doing it. Yeah. No, I think that's good wisdom for, for others who are looking to start in businesses. And yeah, I think, I think, uh, you certainly know people who are passionate and, uh, bleeds out in their, uh, actions and conversations and everything else. And so I think that's a, uh, a good piece for people to be aware of. And, and I mean, that's a good life lesson, right? Like you're not passionate yeah. about something. Why, why are you even doing it? Right. Yeah. Why so. are you even doing it? If it's not authentic, it's likely not going to be as successful as it should be. And go find something you are passionate about. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you think about things like there's box companies, right? And I love this guy. I watched a TV show and a guy was a box manufacturer and he's like, he loved his job. And it's like, I would not be a passionate box manufacturer, <laughs> but there's a guy out there who would be. And that, that industry is far better off with that guy being passionate about boxes because I'm not going to be that guy. But when it comes to pigs, I love the industry and I love the good things and the bad things that we, that we challenge, that we're challenged with on a regular basis. What words of advice might, I guess, what skill sets do you think? are necessary when starting a business, I guess, or that mindset. What do you think that mindset needs to be? Or what was your mindset? Can you kind of let us in a little bit? Because you were, you were starting a family. You were starting a business. It was COVID. How do you navigate that? There's a lot there. You, you work out a lot, right? Like you prioritize a lot of different things and you manage them very well. How do you do that? That's a loaded question, Matthew. Um, <laughs> I, I'm certainly not perfect at any of the stuff you just mentioned. That's for sure. But, you know, I, it might be silly, but I think a lot of people, you know, when I mentioned I was going to be starting a business, they're like, man, that's a lot of risk. That's a lot of risk. You just hear it from so many people. And, and I, you know, while technically there's some financial risk, yes, um, there's also some, some, there's also some reward, right? Every risk mm -hmm. has a, has a reward. And, um, whether for people that's, um, the money or whether that's the, the fame or whether it's the just personal accomplishment, or maybe it's for something else, right? As far as, 
um, the satisfaction of being able to help help people or to grow something or to you know provide value. And so I think um, for me, the risk of starting my own business was uh, was much lower than the reward in, in about every way. And so because um, for you, know, you, the reward was also just doing it. Totally. I mean, it's, right? like you you were winning from day one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you and I've talked about that in the car, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the process for me. I mean, obviously, um, 30 years from now, looking back and saying, wow, look at how Ascension Ag has grown. That'll be incredibly satisfying. But if I am not um, appreciating the experience that I'm doing today, and I'm not having fun with it and not, uh, and it's not enjoyable, well, then why the heck am I doing it to some, you know, to some degree, right? And so I, um, so yeah, I mean, when it came to the process and kind of the mindset for me, my wife and I spent, you know, we were very intentional over the past uh, 10 years of marriage, saving money, knowing that someday Jeb was starting a business. And so um, set aside money to take away some of that risk, paid off debt to take away risk. And so when we went to start the business, we had our own you know, runway. And thankfully, William um, did a similar thing. And so, um, yeah, COVID for some people might have might have sunk the ship, but we were able to, to stick it out. And I think kind of the, the passion and the drive to be successful in a business has really been there in my life. And so um, really trying to um, enjoy the process uh, while still being very prepared for the, the business building, walking into it. Right. So, um yeah, I mean, I think skills and mindset, I mean, prioritization, hard work, you know, being efficient at what you do. And uh, there's there's a lot more that goes into that. But it's, it's such a deep thing. I guess when you look at when individuals are looking at starting a business or let's let's break it even further, more broadly, solving a problem. I think it's important that they don't that when they lay it out. They don't just look at the end of the tunnel and say, if I was go to do that step today, could I do it? Because it's so weird how things become exponentially more possible. Like the first website build felt like you were overcoming like this massive challenge. Oh, I got a website. Oh, I filed the company. And then it's like, oh, well, we're working in other countries. And if you would have started right off the bat, well, now figure out how to work in other countries. It'd be overwhelming. It's It's almost impossible. But... If you just methodically work hard each and every day and just bust through the wall, like everything seemingly gets much easier. But I don't know what your journey has been like. I guess what would you say to that? This is my experience is that a lot of it didn't seem possible, but it all became much more possible every single day after a lot of hard work. I, I think you nailed it on the head. Matthew, and I, I really just goes out to um, the people who are starting their own business. They're the ones who stuck their neck out, right? They, they, I guess, jumped in the dark or, you know, jumped off the cliff, yeah. or whatever you want to say. I mean, they took the Feet risk, first. right? And so they don't really know what's going to be on the other side. And I, I think that most of our decisions today, if we wait till we're a hundred percent confident, um, you already missed the opportunity. And so I think um, you, you get, 75%, 85% of the way there, you, you just got to run after it and recognize that um, there's always going to be problems and, and every good business has things and every, every person has challenges, but um, man, it's, it's how you, how you face them and get through them. And 
creates the success, right? I've recognized that that's a big consistent thing with individuals who have had a business for multiple years. It's that when problems come up, it is what it is. Let's figure it out. And it felt like at first, like the sky was falling when certain problems would happen. It's like, I think you just learn over time that problems are going to happen every single day. And that mindset of how we approach a problem and how we include everybody in, in solving it is, is something that is, that is learned. That's hard at first. Yeah. No, and, and there's, there's more riding on it. There's more weight to it right early on because, yeah. um, a smaller stone breaks you, uh, when you're smaller and as you get bigger, you're more resilient and you got a little more, uh, more stops. Um, so how do you there. think pork producers can help individuals that are starting businesses in the swine industry? Because when we look at the swine industry, there are not a lot of new businesses. Innovation typically happens from individuals that are already well pre-established. It is very rare that a company comes in and, and, and survives three years. How, how have producers helped you or how do you think they can help companies like ours? Yeah, I, I think one, I recognize that they are incredibly busy and uh, yeah. to be a, to be successful in raising hogs, uh, you've got to be lean and it's a, it's a, it's a cost business, right? And so yep. um, I recognize there's plenty of challenges there um, as far as time and, and effort of those people. So, um, you know, as a small business coming in, what's really helped me is just being able to um, have the trust from a lot of the people out there to take the time to just hear what I'm working on. And so, I mean, I recognize that what's most valuable for people is, is time and money. And so not many people give it up easily. Right. And so, and I'm asking for both in some yep. instances. And yep. so, um, I think, yeah, I think getting that time for just a short window to figure out if there'd be some value for people has been the biggest one. And obviously people who, if they see value as they tell others like, Hey, this Ascension ag or this, you know, this, whatever it is, um, it was, it was worth talking to. It got some interest and got some value. I think, I think that's, that's the most I can ask for as a small business owner. Right. Um, so I would say that's, um, has been the biggest help from those producers. Um, and I think I, what I would add on to that is that for producers, Word of mouth around a product is, is a thing that naturally happens. But for individuals like ourselves, word of mouth about the individuals, whether that's the founder or the salespeople or the support team, the word of mouth around, hey, this is a credible person. If they ever call you, it's, it's worth the initial meeting. Because you do have individuals that might not necessarily be credible and you get word of mouth, but just that, that would be nice. And I think that it'd be awesome if the, uh, even just the pork board got more involved with helping introduce the industry to individuals that are passionate, that are authentic, and that are really trying to solve a problem. And it's very possible that that price is outrageous. And it's very possible that the product doesn't work. But that still doesn't mean that individual isn't trying to make a better world for producers. And so how do we invest into those individuals? and cultivate that next generation of companies that's going to come in and 
increase overall opportunity and decrease overall risk for the industry. I think it's a great thought, Matthew. And I think there's probably some other examples of uh, industries out there and sectors that probably do a really good job of that um, with small businesses and that kind of thing. But uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, uh, I think there'd definitely be some value there. And I think I recognize with people just being aware of your company too, whether the, the first product or second or third product may not fit your business. Um, if they're going to be around a long time and you're going to be around a long time, um, sure enough down the road, I'm sure people would get things ironed out and, and have some products even down the road that would bring value to you. So kind of having that long-term uh, outlook or position, yeah. right? But, yeah. you know, also recognizing that us as small business owners, we've got to come together and we've got to provide uh a valuable quality product that, that solves a problem at a competitive price, right? Absolutely. Uh, these, these guys also have an Excel spreadsheet with their budgets on it. And so I think, I think we also have a role to provide that value to them before we take the time to, to call them. Right. And so yeah. uh, there's kind of prerequisites on both, both sides, I think. Absolutely. It's a fun dynamic to, to have gone through. And like you said at the beginning, there are so many great, wonderful individuals in this industry. And it's been a real blessing to get to know all of them. And it's, it's fun to be able to see them on a regular basis. I think that's the biggest reason we started the podcast was how do we help individuals that are in the farms every day understand how many amazing people there are working in this industry. Yeah. As we kind of wrap up things here, I'd love for you to share something unique about yourself that most people in this industry might not know. Ooh, um, <laughs> That's a fun one to ask. People yeah, that, one got, that one got me off guard. Uh, maybe a unique experience. It's not swine relate, there related. There you go. But uh, um, I spent six months working on a dairy farm in New Zealand. Uh, took, took some time off college for a little bit for a semester and, and went and did that and had an awesome time. So that's a... Uh, and you, had, you advised the other day that if you're going to go to New Zealand, two weeks... Oh, two right. weeks minimum. Yeah, two, weeks, two minimum. weeks minimum. Yeah, if you had a month, that'd be the way to do it. <laughs> what is a we? You've shared a lot of wisdom over the podcast thus far, but what is a golden nugget you could share with listeners? I could probably get really philosophical on golden nuggets, but I'm not going to. I, I'd say recently, um, I've been getting on more of a history kick when I listen to Audible uh, audio books while I'm driving and that kind of thing, and and uh, one that I've absolutely loved is Ron Chernow's uh, biography on Ulysses Grant. Hmm. And it's a long one. It's, it's really long, but man, keeps you engaged. And just the perspective of what people did and went through between the Civil War and just, I mean, between communication and writing and transportation and healthcare, it's just, it's just insane. So um, I think you can learn a lot from history. I've never... Uh, sometimes it can be dry, but uh, yeah. Ron Chernow does a really nice job keeping it lively in that book and other ones that I've read of his. So I'd throw that one out. If you're into history or into biographies, Grant is a great, uh, great book and fun one there. There's a podcast called History That Doesn't Suck. <laughs> that It's pretty good. It uh, If I would have had that in school, I probably would have done better in history class. So. Um, nice. Thank you for being a guest, Jeb. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the podcast, and thank you for sharing your story and uh, just advice and, and overall thoughts. Matthew, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and I, I, uh, 
just want to thank you for the podcast, man. Uh, between your sponsors and and all the listeners you've had, it's it's a clear testament to the success it is and and uh, the the value it's bringing to the industry. So thank you for taking that uh, taking that leap and and bringing it to us. So thanks and thanks for having me. Thanks, Jim. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. 